Hello, welcome to Drag Time with Eklina. We have a very special guest uh, today, somebody who has been harassing me and hounding me to be on this podcast, <laughs> begging me, begging me. And finally, I was like, all right, all right, uh, we'll put you on, but whatever. Uh, she is an actress, a comedian. She is the season six reigning winner of RuPaul's Drag Race. She's an award-winning and beloved, I didn't write this, uh, beloved <laughs> costume designer and creator from New Orleans. Uh, she's very involved in the scene there. And now she's a resident of... Palm Springs, and before that, New York, Los Angeles, the girl gets around. Give it up for Bianca Del Rio. Uh, that was a lovely intro. <laughs> what, what, you know, you know, you must have just looked up Wikipedia, bitch. That's what you did, okay. right? You know, well, no, you so Mark, Mark, my assistant, he writes these intros. Oh, I see. Okay. I, to, yeah, I refer yeah. to multiple sources. Okay. I see. You know what I'm always fascinated by is when people go, our very special get. You probably say that about every guests so they're not fucking special we're I, all like know you we're all friends you owe us all money so it's not I, even yes. like you're special I, I said well i said lady bunny was special but of course i meant that <laughs> yeah, I in, a different that. Way. in a different way <laughs> do you remember okay i was thinking oh, about God. this do, do, do you mean no do you remember the time we were doing that show at the castro theater and lady bunny put her makeup on with a french fry for like 30 minutes in the mirror and i, and I could not stop <laughs> laughing yes <laughs> yeah. well you know you know the setup the setup for that was dreadful because we got to the Castro and we got upstairs and and Sasha, who set up those fabulous dressing rooms with the little mirrors, I came in and I was excited by the mirrors and everybody was like, ooh, ah, and I'm like, this is great. And as I slowly start gazing across the room, I'm realizing that's not my name. That's not my name. That's And then I see my name and then I look next to it and I go, no, 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 Lady Bunny. So she oh, was no. next to me. So I said, the only thing I have to do is I have to get there early, get my face on, like, like pile it on as fast as I can before she gets there because nothing gets accomplished when Bunny is sitting next to you. And of course she came in with that fucking French fry fuckery that lasted a good 30 minutes. Well, yeah. she was so, she was so committed to it was the genius part. Well, she, she needs to be like, committed. That's the big thing. I mean, so we interviewed her. Uh, we, you know, we already put up the podcast and every question I had for her, she just shot it down. It was the world's quickest interview. <laughs> no. Until, yes. Until she started talking about politics. That bitch is just oh. crazy. Well, she's um, you know, what's funny is that w when you, when you talk to her, like she'll call me sometimes and just say, you know, vinegar, witch, and then hang oh, up. Oh God, I know. And then other times, you know, she will call me endlessly and discuss, you know, politics and what's going on in the world. So you never know what you're going to get. I always call it a drive by bunny. She just comes in, attacks and then leaves. And then you're yeah. just the one dumbfounded going, what did I fucking just experience? That is so. If you're anything like me and you see your phone ringing and you look and it's Lady Bunny, do you think should I answer this or is this? Well, is this I yeah. take a second. I go, do I have yeah. an hour to spare? Do, <laughs> like, like, do I have a minute? Can I sit down and listen to this fuckery right now, or do I wait? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do I? So I have not seen you since. Um, gosh, since Reykjavik. Uh, you were. On oh my god, that's a while. Tour. That yeah. was a while ago. So that you were, uh, the 2019 tour, uh, it was huge. Jester Joke. That was yeah. a big tour last year. You, you did yes. a, a hundred dates all over the world. Was that, is that right? Yeah. It's surreal. Yeah. We had, did, I think in the end it ended up being like 
87 or 90, somewhere in there, uh, because I that particular year I decided to kind of trunk it all together because usually it's a couple of dates here, a couple of dates there. And that one I knew I wanted to end in a calendar year, and I knew that we just packed the dates a little closer. And that's been the, the huge perk to traveling is that I have a little more say now as to where I'm going, when I'm doing it, and what time frame we can make it happen in. Uh, so yeah, it was quite a few. We went, you know, all over Australia, all over um, Asia. We went all over the UK. We went, Wembley Arena. Wembley yeah, which Arena. Was wild. That was That's super so wild. crazy. First Insane. drag queen, the first drag queen to ever play Wembley Arena. We're not, to, and you know, maybe Boy George. Uh, we'll we'll oh. give him a little <laughs> bit, but you know what I mean. But uh, but yes. So that. So I remember seeing footage of you. Uh, you you somebody was was recording you sitting up in the bleachers. During sound check, you walked down and you you came into the frame of the camera and you were like, "This is so crazy." It like, is. How did it, how did it feel to? I mean, that's a legendary venue. Well, well, what's also surreal is just in the end, it's like on paper, all of this stuff, you go, okay, this sounds exciting and it's something to look forward to. And then as it approaches, I was luckily had so many dates close to it that I didn't have much time to think. It was like I was in an, I don't know where I was the night before. And then I flew in uh, to, to no, I, we didn't. We were on the bus. That's what we were. I flew into New York when we were doing Carnegie Hall. Anyway, we, we literally going from one end to the other. We get there and it wasn't until right before the show that you go, oh, Shit, you know, Wendy and Wendy Ho and Sherry Vine, who were good friends of mine, were opening, and they came off, and they were like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" I'm like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Like you can't freak out on me now, and uh, you know, in the in the end, you just got to go out there and do it. You know, it's yeah. like fucking, it's like fucking somebody ugly. You just close your eyes and wish it well, and that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so that's pretty incredible. And you know, the great thing is, you know, people say Bianca Del Rio, what a cunt but yeah. i will say i'll say bianca maria she's she's a cunt with a heart of gold i mean you took your <laughs> you took your friends uh wendy yeah. and sherry and you know you gave them this huge platform i mean i i know like i i had lunch with sherry in reykjavik i think you were at soundcheck yeah you know, so i you like to give back to the people that you started out with well, I think that's that's also the magic of it. I mean, both of them were two people that were very, very nice to me when I first got to New York. And aside from that, they're extremely talented. And what was so great is, you know, this drag race opportunity, which is now seven, I think it's, so we filmed my season in 2013. So it's been a couple of years. And, and what's been wild is that, you know, I got this golden ticket, you know, that, that I was able to run with. So I was so happy to bring them along. They're reliable. They're professional. They're funny as fuck. Mm -hmm. And why not have your friends with you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're the first person, because uh, I always refer to it as the golden ticket. Yeah. I, look at, I, I look at some of these queens and I go, they don't realize they won the golden ticket. Yeah. And they're fucking it up. Like, you know, like, I, I'm not going to name names. Uh, we did yeah. name names. When I was talking with Jackie Beat, we named a lot of names and we just bleeped them all out, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you are, you're somebody, I mean, you're somebody you, you ran with this golden ticket. You, you, uh, don't, I, I mean, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you don't take it for granted. You realize uh, no. the platform you've been given. No, but, but yeah. the huge difference, the, the difference, I think, in general is also I was 38 years old when 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 Drag Race happened for me. So I kind of looked at it as here's this opportunity. It's either going to be amazing or it's not, you know, but that would be it. You got to go out and you got to do it. And of course, since the show, I didn't stop. You just have to you have to work harder 
uh, after the fact than you did then. You know, it was just right. this mountain that you had to keep climbing that I wanted to climb. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't feel obligated. I just knew that, hey, this is all that I ever wanted was to get to travel and, and do stand up. And obviously, this was the platform to do it. And unlike other contestants or other people that have won the show, I wasn't interested in doing music videos. I wasn't interested in doing albums. All that shit is stupid. So I said, no. And actually, a friend of mine said, if, if music videos made money, Bianca would have made 12. So right, it's right, exactly. just what it is. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I know I know uh, a certain other winner who's made a shit ton of videos and albums that have just lost her money. And she always has this stupid writer where she has to have these things in her contract that the promoter <laughs> that the promoter ends up taking the money out because it's you know. But you're yeah. you're, you crowd, you're basically a dress, a wig, and a microphone, oh, which is oh, so completely. genius. So genius. Well, it's, and, and also it just makes sense for me. Um, you know, I often ask backstage. I ask for you know uh, vodka. And I ask for lights and a mirror. And if you get me the vodka first, I don't need the lights or the mirror. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I don't care. It's I'm not going to look. Yeah. I'm not going to look any better. So what do I care? I, I found just from booking people, it's always the biggest stars who do not need some stupid writer. You know, Cher came to Oasis. Yeah. Cher's, Cher's writer was literally, you know, because I get people like. Or you, you can bleep this out later, <laughs> or whatever. But I mean, people, uh, people, and they're they're writers. I you know I ignore them, but there's like new right. towels, and you know I need a fan. And this Cher literally said, "Oh, well, I guess if I can have a Dr Pepper and a granola bar, that'd be nice." You know. Oh, there so you go. She doesn't need all that shit. Well, and what also, yeah, yeah and, and, and in the end, you're just there to do your job. And, and I think people forget that it's also about business, you know, that you're going to you're a bar owner or, or, or running the club. And mm-hmm. basically, you're there to make money. And if I'm an asshole or if I'm late or all that, then it makes your patrons upset, which means they're not going to come back again. And then it also ruins my reputation. So the end all is that even if people don't like me or my comedy or what I say, they can't say that I'm not professional. And that's just the game, you know, yes. and it, that's just how you have to do it. Can I ask you, uh, this is a legend that I heard about you from back in the day uh, when you were hosting, you were used to host a show in New York with yeah. Lady Bunny. And I don't uh-huh. I, the, the, the name of the venue escapes me. What, what was the venue? Um, XL. XL. Yes. It was, uh, and, and yeah, yeah. You you had tan mom there and all that stuff. Oh, yes. But, <laughs> but oh honey. <laughs> Wait, we had we had tan mom and we had octomom. So that goes to show you what I was working with back then. <laughs> okay, but the, the legend the legendary story is you were hosting some girls from RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh god. And, uh, and oh yeah, were, yeah yeah. And and they were complete cunts, and you were yeah. like, they they weren't respecting you in your home. And, well, and, yeah, and you you were like, fuck these bitches, I'm going to go on that show, and I'm going to show them. And now I know that's probably like, or like an urban legend, but is that no? Sort of what happened? Well, I could oh, I could totally tell you what happened. So I was working at XL with Buddy, and we were doing a show called Hot Mess, and we used to do it on Wednesday nights, and then it got moved to Friday nights. Well, while we were in New York, and this was at the start was probably season what four i would assume and um brandon voss who now does all the work the world shows was mm-hmm. the producer of hot mess and so he was bringing in the drag race girls to do the premiere night so it's basically all 
14, 15, however many there were, they were coming into New York City to do a number and they were going to present them as to kick off the season. And so he says, uh, Bianca, would you mind hosting? And I said, well, I'm not affiliated with the show. And he says, no, we just need somebody to host to keep it moving because these girls come into town. They drink a lot. You know, they think it's their moment. We just got to keep this shit going. So I said, fine. So I was backstage and I had a list of girls, and a lot of them I didn't know personally, but were crammed into this small area. And I looked to, and you don't have to bleep it out because they both know they're cunts, but it was Willem and Sharon that were standing there. <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, you know, I said, so I have Willem next. I said, but, you know, if Sharon's going to go, who's going to go next? I, I just don't know. I need the next person ready. And they both just looked at me with disgust. And I believe it, I think it was Willem, or it could have been Sharon, that just went, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And I would looked over and she's like, who the fuck are you anyway? And that, that was Sharon's second part. And all I thought was, okay, this is it. This is perfect. This is the exact setting for me to deal with this. Now, granted, Sharon could have been coked out uh, and uh, a hot fucking box of shit. And right. Willem wasn't much better. But in that moment, I thought these people actually think they're better than someone else. You know, it's just because you had a TV opportunity. You're still bar trash, girl. We're all bar trash. <laughs> so that was in my brain. And I thought, oh, fuck these two ugly bitches. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what happened. Okay, so that is true then. You were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. Was, it is. Was, that, was that a big catalyst for, for you going onto the show, being like, I'm going to show these bitches like a real queen or whatever? Uh, not even that. I didn't even go that far. I just thought in my head, I thought, well, wow, what disrespectful cunts who have this amazing opportunity. I mean, I've also said before, there was lots of untalented people from New York that got on the show and had success. So I thought, well, if those untalented bitches can do it too, then why, why can't I? <laughs> You know, now I'm chalking up three and four of them. I'm like, oh, girl, we uh, fuck this. I got to go do it. So that was basically just that was when it first went into my brain. I thought, wow, mm. this is kind of funny. This is how people act. And, you know, you're uh, you, you don't have to go on any of these tours and all that shit. What, what do you think about RuPaul's Drag Race? Have you watched any of season 12? Uh, no, I did not watch. I caught the end of it because I was doing Pit Stop with Bob the Drag Queen uh, recently. Mm -hmm. So they, I got to see the finale and then watch it. The, the, the hard part, I think, also for me uh, is it's such a different show than what it was when I did it. So, And also, it's like once you've been behind the curtain, it makes mm -hmm. it a little difficult to kind of watch it and go, well, did that really happen then? Or what did they say? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time sitting still to watch it because I have so many things going in my head. And also just too much information from too many other people. Mm -hmm. uh, so it makes it, it makes it a little uh, spoiled for me to watch. Right, uh, right. But, you know, I get to meet the girls eventually. This, this group I didn't get to meet because obviously we haven't been uh, traveling. But, um, yeah, you know, I thought they were all pretty talented, but it's just completely different group, completely different show. Yeah, I, I feel, I mean, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, uh, Rock'em Sakura is from San Francisco. I sponsored her looks for the runway. I gave her a bunch of money. But I, I, the only, I feel bad for these girls. They like Right now is when they should be out making their, um, you know, all that RuPaul. Yeah, but, you know, it's, so. it's, it's, it's wild. But also I think there's a, there's, what's crazier too is that the next season came out, the, you know, All Stars came out and this comes out and that comes out. So it's almost like no one's going to be able to catch up. So right. I, I wish them well, but it, it ain't an easy task. I can tell you that they got to get out they, there and hustle do you think they're going to do the next season in via zoom 
<laughs> I, you I mean, know that's so weird. Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be the <laughs> yes. thing? Uh, you know, I don't know. That's what's so weird. Like we know nothing. Uh, I know yeah. nothing about that aspect of it. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, I got a call last minute. Would you be interested in doing pit stop? And I said fine. Mm-hmm. So that's how that worked out. So I usually don't get that kind of insight. I don't get the inside information from the officials. I get right. all the dirt from the queens. Um, but I have no idea. I have no idea what their mm-hmm. plans are. So you're somebody who, uh, you know, just because you've performed for so long, and I'm, I'm just going to venture to say that you thrive on live performance. And uh, yeah, yeah like, like you were just saying, we don't have any idea when or what or, you know, we're all asking ourselves when we can get in front of crowds again. You've not really been doing much of this online drag stuff, have you? No, uh, I, the way that it worked out for me was I was finishing cause I was in London doing, uh, everybody's talking about Jamie for three months. I finished the tour and then went directly to London and did three months of a musical there on the West end. And then I finished it at the February 29th was, cause it was a leap year. February 29th was my last performance. And then I flew back to Los Angeles and I was supposed to find a house within a short period of time. And I was also supposed to get my tonsils out. So I had all this time blocked out uh, for it. And then the whole Corona madness took place. So I just got out of London in enough time, thankfully. And um, I was also able to get my house out here a lot faster than I thought. So it all just kind of worked out for me. And also, you know, I had been on the hustle for quite some time, but I thought the world's sick of me. I'm sick of me. I could take a break. So I've just been kind of dealing with uh, normal life stuff and catching up on everything. Mm -hmm. And and also just seeing how it works. And I'm watching other people do their shows and go, is it working? Is it great? Is it, you know, is this the way? Well, I mean, there's some that I like, but I also realized Mm -hmm. I never realized how much I hated drag till I see them trapped on their TV with a bedspread (laughs) and behind them taped to a wall. Uh. You know, I, I miss drunk people and i'm i miss a bar that makes them all more talented because when you're watching it it's like girl well Uh, yeah i mean there there is such a thing as you could you could get a green screen you could get a microphone you could get proper lighting but you know a lot of these people just well whatever you know uh we're having to relearn it uh, almost over. Yeah. You know? well, it's a whole new format and, and mm. I'm not tech savvy at all. So I I'm just sitting back and watching them do it. And I'm like, this is good. <laughs> you know, knock yourself out, bitch. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's next? I mean, I, I keep asking these questions. I don't really have an answer, but any thoughts about what's next for Bianca in a post COVID oh, world? Yeah, well, well, there was a lot that was scheduled for this particular year. I mean, I had obviously a lot of gay prides that I was doing, Tel Aviv and Amsterdam and all that stuff. So in the beginning, it was, you know, slowly everything was being pushed back. Uh, and now everything's kind of been rescheduled for next year, for 2021, which is great. I was I was expected to start uh, a part of my tour in Australia, but all of that's being moved and shifted now, which I think is happening to everybody. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I have the downtime, which has just been nice. And I think that Tel Aviv Pride has been rescheduled for November. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, that we're up and running and back to normal by then. Uh, but in the meantime, everything has basically been pushed for 2021. So normal life uh, for you, uh, you know, I, I'm down here quarantining in my house in Palm Springs. And, and, how, and how are you holding out? Oh, good. You know, I've, I've been doing a lot of those shows, a lot of the yeah. online stuff. And uh, it's a great place to be quarantined. I'd much rather be quarantined here than in my little apartment in San Francisco. Um, yeah. And I know, I know Willem has a place down here. I have a lot of friends down here now. Mm-hmm. You got a place down here. Uh, yep. Why Palm Springs? I mean, 
I, I could ask myself the same question. I pretty much know it's easier, right? The weather's great. Well, the, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I'm going to be 45. So this actually makes me look young when I come out here because everyone's tell near me, death. So, you know, walking around in God's waiting room anytime I go down the street. So it's, it's actually nice. I also like the fact that they have their own airport. I like the fact that it's chill, um, you know, which is unlike you know, the places I've lived before, Los Angeles and New York and New Orleans. Um, so, and I felt that I, I, I deserve to be away from people. <laughs> I've done Absolutely. one, yeah. one too many meet and greets in my life. So Holy it's kind of nice. Yeah. It's kind of nice to be out here. Uh, cause you know, I have two dogs, two, two senior dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's nice to have a yard and just be, you know, hiding out, you know, which now has I been know. a lovely, a lovely treat. So it's yeah, I've been good. very lucky, thankfully. It's a weird bubble, isn't it? Like I, I, I wake up and it's like every day is like Groundhog Day in my house. I go out to the pool. I make myself a bite to eat or whatever. Yeah. It's just a weird, uh, a weird bubble. And um, I'm half, I'm half hoping it it continues, and I and half I want to get things back to normal. Because speaking of the drag, you, you've not been doing it, but it is so much easier my commute is from my bedroom over to my dining room you know and uh, <laughs> and uh you know and no hip pads no heels no yeah. corset you know it's and and, Waste up. and no drunk idiots like in my face and you know all yeah. this stuff so uh I, you know i so anyway yeah I, well it's, it's a complete it's a complete adjustment and I, i'm curious to see you know how the like i've told many people the people are like well when do you think it's going to happen again and there's those people that are very optimistic that think things are going to shift within a month and i go i i hope that the the audience is, is interested in going out again you know because i think you're going right. to have people still wearing masks people still fearful and does anybody have any fucking money i mean it, it's scary on that level because no one's been working and you know i come from New Orleans where stuff like this would kind of stop your life for a minute. For instance, when there's a hurricane or there's a big crisis (laughs) or something, and then it stops for a couple of weeks and then you go back to normal. But to know that this is globally is so mind fucking. Uh, So I'm just amazed and knowing that everybody's in the same boat, it's kind of scary. It is scary, but you know, I, I think back to the to the uh, depression, and no, I was not there. <laughs> but uh, but, I, but I've, I've read about it, and by I know depre- that. <laughs> by, wait, I, by depression, are you referring to your career? Is that what no, it is? is that- no. Get get rid of that rim shot that you just added in there, Mark. <laughs> I will say, I will say that people during the depression, yes, I read, I've read, they needed mm-hmm. entertainment, and that was kind of the golden days of Hollywood because everybody, everybody could afford to go see a, a movie in a movie theater. So people, as crappy as everything but, is, I think, I think people will, yes, but the reality will be different. Like right before, right before the lockdown happened. I was rehearsing with Jinx and Ben and Peaches for the show at the Castro Theater. Of course, it never happened. We yeah. don't know when. We don't know when we'll be able to do it. I think I'm doing a show with Peaches here at the beginning of August here in Palm Springs. But oh, rather wow. than rather than do one show, mm-hmm. it's gonna have it's gonna have to look now that you do two shows and everybody is you know socially distanced in their seats. Yeah. And wearing- 
just it, it's going to be bizarre for for a while, you know. It's, it's a kind of like sit and wait situation, you know. It's like you just don't know. And I, as I watched the 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 my schedule get further pushed another month and pushed another month, that I I just had to accept the fact that hey, this is just no one knows. And in yeah. the end, you don't want to be out there doing a show for two people. Uh, so it is questionable. I mean, I know you're used to that, but it is a different <laughs> element. <laughs> because during during the Jackie beat one, we were like, yeah. People are going to have to get used to performing in front of no audiences. And right, so uh, I've, I've not read your book. I got to say, I've not oh, read yeah. your book. Blame it on Bianca Del Rio, the expert on nothing with an opinion on everything. That pretty much sums you up. Uh, but yeah. tell us about it. Tell us about well, your book. I, I had the offer to do a book. And because I'm not egotistical like some other drag queens, I wasn't going to write about myself. I thought I should give advice. Uh, you know, and if you're asking me for advice, you deserve the worst advice possible. So it's me giving you the worst advice you could possibly imagine in a comedic way. Um, and so that's what I chose to do. I didn't want to write my memoirs or anything. And I, I'm not one of those who wants to do a documentary about my life and then cry about how difficult it is to be a drag queen, because that's ridiculous. So I, I just thought this would be the fun way to just actually give give some fun and some foolishness to people that actually wrote in. So we had tons of people write in. Uh, we dealt with it through Facebook and through social media and through Twitter. And then all of it was documented. And then I answered their questions, which was just rotted. So you would enjoy it. It's a light read. <laughs> so you are kind of like an evil Dear Abby. Correct. And I'm old enough to know who Dear, dear Abby Krabby. is. Yes. yes. Dear Dear Crabby. Dear Crabby. <laughs> by the way, by the way, I still want to do driving Miss Aidsy with you. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark, I don't know if, uh, well, you, you don't know this, but we thought a great thing would be Bianca Del Rio and Hecklina and driving Miss Aidsy. <laughs> where I'm in the, where uh, Bianca is my chauffeur and I'm in the back seat, and, <laughs> and, and, and that's the whole show. That's it. That's it. That's yeah, it. yeah. We haven't we haven't really thought it through, but that's no, it. That's no. all we needed. The title is there, so serious. I mean. <laughs> If you if you saw any of those online shows, uh, the digital drag shows, you know that's really what people get away with now. The title was there, and there was yep. no show. Yes, yeah, so. that, that's completely <laughs> it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So people are stuck at home right now. Every night, everything's closed. Well, things yeah. are opening up. Things are opening up a little bit down here in Palm Springs. Yeah. Um, the greatest gift you can give to somebody is a good streaming recommendation. Do you want to tell people at home about your film in case they haven't had a chance to watch it yet? And of course, I'm oh. talking about Hurricane Bianca from Russia with Hate. Yes. So there's one and two. So two is from Russia with Hate, and which is very funny. Sherry Vine uh, told me recently, she said that she had not seen the movie and she was, so she downloaded it and she said uh, she was flying somewhere. She goes, the movie was so horrible that she walked out of the plane. Now I... <laughs> I I, uh, I look, yeah, I think it's still on Netflix. I'm the worst. I, you know, this, you're going to laugh at this, but I don't even have a Netflix account. I am that horrible because I know that if I get wrapped into something on television, that I will never get anything accomplished. So oh, yeah. my assistant, my assistant Jamie has his. So every time if there's something major that I need to see, I sneak on his account and watch it. But overall, I'm really, really bad at it. And I know that everybody's been, you know, up and down on Netflix since this whole thing happened. It just, I, I'm I'm the worst. So I would say go and see go, go and watch my movie if it's still there. I think it might still be there. You can definitely get it sure. on Amazon Prime, Google Play see. and iTunes, but if you just see. go to Bianca Del Rio's website, you can get links there. 
They and, say but, you, you know, know much more than me. <laughs> but I, I, I totally agree with you, Bianca. I, I'm here in quarantine, and during the day, I never ever have the television on because yeah. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm wasting my life away, even in quarantine. Well, but, it's um, difficult. I, I can't watch the news for sure. But mm-hmm. overall, if I if I sit down, it's over with. Then I want to watch everything, and Netflix makes it a little too fucking easy to watch everything. Surely you saw Tiger King. I did not. Oh. I had not seen Tiger King. No. And I'm also the worst person too. Like when Glee first came out, everyone's like, I love Glee. And I'm like, I hate it because everybody liked it. So I didn't even bother to see it. So I'm I'm horrible when it comes to it. But I have not seen Tiger King. Surely you saw Circus of Books with our friend Alaska. I have not seen it either. Jackie recommended that. <laughs> yeah, very good. What makes you think? What makes you think I'm going to run to go see something with her in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quarantined, uh, but I still have taste. Shit. Exactly. exactly. Well, I, actually, I do recommend that. It's a very, it's I a will. very good. One. Okay. Um, let me ask you a question, Bianca Del Rio. Tell us about your favorite memory of Heclina. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I have to say, one of my favorite memories is when we were doing uh, Whatever Happened to Bianca Del Rio, and you, the, the spoof on Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and you were the nosy neighbor, which was so <laughs> fitting. Yeah. Miss, yeah. yes, and you got to come in, and we had, you know, a couple of rehearsals. You know how Peaches is. She turns on some lights, and she goes, yeah, yeah, that looks good. So right, right. I, I don't know when we decided to make this situation even worse, but I end up killing you on stage and you were screaming, murder, murder. Oh, murder hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend murder. Murder doesn't feel good. Oh my God. I could not stop laughing. Well, it's because that fucking bitch only gave me like two lines in the whole show. She has, she has a conspiracy. Peaches has a conspiracy. I'm going to call it out right now. Please let every- me know. Every time she casts me in one of those fucking shows, she gives me the worst parts. She gave me Uncle uh, Uncle Fester and Adam Family. <laughs> Wait, she gave how me, is, that's she gave fitting, me, though. <laughs> she, gave me, she gave me Sylvia Miles and She Devil. She yes. gave me. Yeah, she gives me the most horrendous parts. And drag becomes her too. Why. She got you there. Yeah, yeah. And drag becomes she, her. Drag, yeah, drag becomes her. She wanted me to play a man. Shut up, Bianca. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Look, she knows that you can do something with the part. That's thank what it you. is. Oh, thank you, thank See, you. Okay. Take it as a compliment. Remember, she's shoving herself up there with teenagers, but she's trying her hardest. So God bless her. You know, she's one yeah. of those that she, she writes the show, she directs the show, she shoves herself in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She keeps telling me, I think I'm going to sit this next show out. I go, please do it. You you might sell tickets again. What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the next one. I think I'm just going to direct. Start. (laughs) Start start directing for once. Yes. Some some direction would be nice. (laughs) Um. (laughs) She's going to kill me. I know, I, but you know what? Do not cut any of this out, Mark. Oh, oh no, no, I won't. No. I'm going to send oh, it a pile. Bianca Del Rio, who, oh, who are your number three people to work with? 
Oh, wow. Uh, well, I think it depends on the situation. Uh, so, for instance, if, if someone says to me, hey, we want to do this and you need an opening act, obviously uh, there's Sherry Vine, who I love, and, and Wendy I love. Also, there's this brilliant queen uh, in uh, the UK called Myra Dubois, who was another opener for me. And I loved working with them because they can hold their own and do their thing. But when we're doing stuff together, I like all the fun girls, you know, I mean, Bunny, Jackie, you, Peaches, you know, all of them are, all of you guys are really just do make it fun to work with. So I, I do love that. And also it makes me the pretty one. Mm-hmm. What's, really, what's really noticeable is you left out any Rue girl and any of those people, oh, which is kind of, that's, well, that's very, no, I mean, it's, it's great because here's, here's the thing is all the Rue girls that I respect and I'm friends with are all the mm-hmm. people who were performers before they went on that show. Yeah, uh, because a lot of times, you know, people go through that whole uh, rinse cycle and they come out of being <laughs> on that show and they're put on this whole treadmill of nightclub performing and they just can't do it. You know what I mean? Well, um, I, I, I so. it's not that I have anything against them. I, right. I just find also, you know, they already have the golden ticket. They, they, they'll be all right. You know, and right, I like right. to share the stage with 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 obviously people that I respect, but also people that are funny and people that people are, who are destitute. Destitute is, is what. Yeah, that, that's it. I like to get back to the. I like to get back to the elderly. Uh, and following following the I show, I, I even feed them Jello. You know, I'm that type of person. You are. I told you, you are cut with a heart of gold. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's just the interesting thing about the Drag Race girls that, that everybody just assumes that we're all really close and hang out and we're friends, and, and it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily work that way. I mean, there's a handful of them that I'm. Obviously, I'm still close with Courtney and Adore and Darian mm-hmm. and Detox, obviously. Um, so we have our own little clique and our own friendships and connections. But overall, I haven't seen a lot of them uh, over the years because either mm-hmm. I was on the road or because of my scheduling, I was never involved in all of the group stuff that that they do. So um, it just varies. Every now and then we touch base. But um, yeah, I mean, it's nothing wrong with all of them, but we, we don't just, you know, kumbaya hang out and sure. chat I, about I think, ourselves. Yeah. I think there's an expectation from people. Well, you know, I, the last person I interviewed was Animatronic, and I was talking to her about Scissor Sisters. She yeah. has no con- she has no contact with any of them. It's not that she doesn't like them, but it's yeah. like you've you've been around them so much. Yeah, and then your life, yeah, yeah, and our life just kind of rotate. Every now and then I check in. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I obviously talk to Courtney Adore. We have a group thread with Courtney Adore and Darren and I that we've had since we left the show. So that's always alive and active. And I just spoke with Detox the other day, and occasionally it'll just be some really tasteless meme that I'm sending to someone, and then they'll Mm -hmm. send me one back. So sometimes that's our only form of communication. Detox also, uh, you know, well, I saw you in Iceland. Detox has a real... Uh, Iceland connection. I, I I did a show with her. Like they love her over there. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I talk about Iceland because you know I'm from there, and um, going back there and and doing that show with Detox was very telling. The magic of television because oh wow this, yeah you know this huge poster Detox and then in, in small print. Also, um, Heclina and, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's truly, it's, it's the fucking power of television. It is yeah. really surreal. And even in my mind, I just assumed, obviously, when you go through the show, I'm just thinking, all right, well, people in New York will see it. People in New Orleans will see it. And, and maybe a couple of friends that I have scattered in L.A. Not, never did I think it would be globally interesting. And, and the first time I was flying to Australia to do a show, and then you're there the next year. And, and, and I mean, this is 
is this was my fourth tour. I'm about to start my fifth. Well, about to start it. My fifth mm-hmm. will start next year. That it's just it's surreal to me how big and how interesting I was in fucking um, Hong Kong, which yeah. is insane. Like who the fucking Hong Kong? I mean, I'm convinced half the people thought I was Hello Kitty, but nonetheless, right. I'm mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. So you just don't know. You don't know the power of television. And now through all the streaming, everybody can watch it anytime, anywhere. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it. You're the biggest drag queen in the world who likes doing drag. There is another another drag queen who is very successful and has her own, she has her own TV show named after her, but she hates doing drag and she wears a fucking mask, you know, she's never done Wembley. <laughs> well, I, I, look, listen, listen. I could say this. I, I'm a good. Let's see. What is it? Ten years younger than 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 some of those people. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look. I, I enjoy. I, I haven't had that 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 long of a. Uh, uh, I haven't had that much of a career on this level for that long. So I've enjoyed it. But I also said the minute that I don't enjoy it anymore, that I would that I would stop. You know, right. and as Lady Bunny always says, you should have stopped 15 years ago. But it's that kind of a thing where, you know, you just roll with the punches and you do it. So, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for it, but it does take a lot out of you. So it's been nice to have this time off, even though the world has gone crazy. It's nice to have the, that time off and to kind of regroup. So now I'm chomping at the bit to get back out and, and start work again. Well, you deserve your time off and I cannot wait to see your house. And trust me, I'm not going to tell anybody where it is. Um, it's in a it's it's in a cave somewhere uh it's 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 kind of like the bat cave you know yes it's in a it's in a cave it's in a cave somewhere so that means your drag will be very well accepted (laughs) and 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 we'll find hieroglyphics with lady bunny uh what do you (laughs) that fucking troll Uh, yeah Okay. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Bianca. Thank you. You are, you are hilarious. Read her book, watch yeah. her movie, and await yep. her return. Thank you yes. so much for joining us. Thank you. So, yes, I've been out of work pretty much uh, during the pandemic. I've done sh- little shows here and there, and I've racked my brain. How can I help to save Oasis in San Francisco. We came upon a a novel idea, which is the cast of the uh, Golden Girls Live here in San Francisco. We are doing live script readings with all of us in Golden Girls drag, um, performing out some of our favorite Golden Girls episodes. So we have two shows coming up in July. We have uh, Saturday, July 11th, and Saturday, July 25th. Both shows are at 7 p.m. You can go to rushticks.com. R-U-S-H-T-I-X dot com and get those tickets. Proceeds go towards um, keeping Oasis open. So if you want to support Queer Nightlife, maybe check it out and buy a ticket. We also offer shout out videos so you can book your favorite Golden Girl to say any message you'd like. It's kind of like Golden Girls on Cameo. Anyway, check it out, RushTix.com, and thank you for being a friend. Thank you to our special guest, Bianca Del Rio. Next week, join us for Tracy Lords. The episode artwork is by Jose Guzman Colon, and the graphics are by Nancy French. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me. I'm Mark. (laughs) 